Hello, companions. We are finally back from a long break away from our beloved adventures. Much like how your lives have continued on, so has theirs. We pick up on this episode during three months of downtime. The adventurers have settled into the discovered land of Yen, each pursuing their own goals. So welcome back, and tag along as each party member finds danger along their personal quest. Thelamir, for the last three months you have been studying the details that the scholars of Yin have written and provided to the libraries and archives. The details about the last seven centuries of isolation and surviving surrounded by the darkness are precise, yet vague. Most documents are historical records of the societal changes and conflicts between the citizens of Yin and the Rodanian soldiers trapped here with them. The small-scale battles between the two nations have been documented as if they were these grand wars, but that is because this small circular area of land is all that they think exists anymore. You have rewritten several documents and added to your collection, piecing together what you think are clues, hints, or any sort of direction to a couple of the mysteries you have focused in on. The study has been draining for you. You often find yourself tinkering with magic you know nothing about during these studies. This magic seems to have been gifted to you in this time of need to help you decipher the writings you have found. From the elbows down to your fingertips, the life force needed to harness this unknown arcana you are practicing is tearing your skin and causing muscle loss and patches around your wrist. Your hands and fingers have dried, causing the skin to crack like a hardened desert surface. But you have also been away from the elven lands of Lathansis for three seasons now. Your body can feel the natural winter approaching. A beard has started to present itself in a fuller sense, and your mustache has thickened. The roots of your hair are graying and thinning. The patches under your eyes have begun to sag, and the color in your eyes has started to drain. It feels like the last 750 years you have spent on Asus have doubled in just nine months after leaving Lathansis. When the elders of Silvertris warned your kind that life would drain out of you and your immortality would be forfeited, you are finding out that they were not exaggerating the strains it would have on your body. But your physical condition isn't important to you at the moment. On this night, a storm has brewed overhead. While in the Rodanian archives, you sit at a large table with books, scrolls, and papers spread out across this ornately crafted table. You have found a document written by what seems to be someone driven mad by the idea of immortality and the Guardians. You are rewriting the drafts of this writer's fragile mind, trying to make sense of the analysis he has put together. Hunched over and writing furiously, a small gust of wind pushes against you, lifting some of your papers slightly. It almost felt like a pressure shift as if someone opened a door from the outside to the room. Slowly though, this dark library's colors become more vibrant. You take notice, but being in the middle of writing a sentence, you try to finish your thoughts. But then your quill runs dry, it seems. You dip it in the inkwell quickly to get back to it, but it won't write. You look up from the table in your papers and notice the small Rodanian archive you are in has become this vast, endless library, fading into an infant horizon. You stand up, shocked at what you are seeing, and frantically look around. You look behind you, 50 feet away, 
at the end of an aisle of books. You see a middle-aged man standing and looking directly at you. He's wearing layers of torn shirts with a jacket over them all. His pants are shredded at the shins and boots covered in a thick, caked mud. A backpack with lots of gear as if he is prepping for a long journey. His face is stern and he stands still, staring directly at you. He begins to walk towards you, Felomir. The year is 724. Darkness has enveloped the land of Mithron for over 700 years. After escaping that winter wasteland and exiting the darkness, the five of you have grown used to the sun on your skin and the soft touch of life in the land of Yin. For three months, you have found a place to settle and rest here. Overall, you spent roughly a month in the darkness. You're unsure because you did not have a sun and a moon to count the days. The frostbite and physical injuries aren't the only thing you've had to recover from, though. Mentally, especially the last couple weeks after leaving the Eridarium mine, you questioned your sanity as the only thing in the hundred-foot vision you could see was the snowy horizon. The five of you with Ovid Lar aimlessly wandered, wondering if this was the end for you. If this walk towards a dark horizon was your eternity, and you actually died some time before this. <laughs> But with your discovery of Yin, you were able to throw the mental struggle to the wind. This land with a 20 mile circumference is surrounded by the darkness of Mithron. For 700 years, it has somehow been protected, leaving a barrier of darkness that the citizens believed to be the edge of the world. You were the first people to find this land since the early days when Mithron was first covered in darkness. When you escaped the barrier, you first met a farmer named Samuel. He was tilling the land in front of you, but he did not seem shocked or surprised to see you. He explained, Oh, I knew you were coming, for Sush said so. The closer you got, the more she was able to sense you. I've been waiting here for the last couple days, but I'm here to take you to her. She's very wary about meeting some of you, though, so be careful with your conversation. She can be a little... sensitive. This warning didn't soak with you very well, Felomir. For Sush's demeanor is almost childlike, a naivety you were not comfortable with trusting. Avidlar praised her and immediately gave her the sack of Kilnar crystals that he brought her. But when she asked you for your key of Kilnar with no explanation, an argument that not even Doroth felt comfortable mocking erupted. Felomir stormed out of this gathering and the quarrel severed the communication between Fasush and yourselves, except for Avidlar. But today that changes. Fasush is finally ready to meet again, but only with one of you. Okay, are you guys ready? Ready. Yeah. As ready as you're going to be, I guess. After me. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Me. Serviceable. Moo, 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 moo. Okay, we can work on that. Not perfect, but we can work on it. Okay. Here's the one. Really put yourselves out there on this one, okay? Okay? 
Okay. After me. Moo, 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 moo. Okay, I see the superstars in the room right now. I see the ones that are going to need some help. But this is good. This is educational. The sun beats down on you in your new amphitheater. The amphitheater you paid to have built after selling your iridarium. Dorothy, while waiting for your broken leg to heal, the construction took months to complete. Just a few days ago, the main construction was completed, and now the workers are focused on small touches through the building, like benches, fixtures, and the statue of yourself at the entrance. You hosted auditions for performers, and you have some volunteer performers here on stage practicing. It is only three days until the very first performance at the Doris Fabe Groman Kyle Memorial Performance Arts Theater. Difka Kimpa for short. <laughs> <laughs> Say that one more time. Difka Kimpa. All right. <laughs> Difka Kimpa. DF. Doris Fabe Groman Kyle Memorial Performance Arts Theater. Okay. Yeah, Difka Kimpa Theater. But that sun, that heat, that brightness, the light on your eyes is torture. You haven't had the best of sleep recently. Your dreams have been of normal daily activities, just dull. The dullness has been a pain for you. The journey so far has brought you to a secluded land, and you think this lull has lessened the respect you have for yourself and from your guardian, Jiminy. And as you are deep in your inner thoughts, a performer approaches you from on stage. Master Doroth, are you okay? Would you like me to move your canopy to a new angle to block the sun? Huh? What? Oh, sure, yes. D do whatever. As she moves your tent, you glance down at your script. But something caught your eye as you turned away from the performer. You look back up to see what it was, but whatever it was, it wasn't, it's not there anymore. You assume it was the sun spots on your eyes and turn back to your script. Just when you were about to stand up, your name is called out from behind you. Doroth! You have requested for Finch and his new Crimson Command cadets to discuss his security presence. In a few days, it'll be opening night for the musical you have put together, but also the first show done in the amphitheater. With the amphitheater being built on the river between the native Yinians and the trapped Rodanians, both populaces are expected to attend. And if you need a neutral security presence, who better than Finch and his cadets? Finch hurdles down the stairs, rushing towards you excitedly. The five of you haven't really seen much of each other as you wait for plans from Fasush and Avidlar on the details of the fragments of the Key of Kilnar. <laughs> you see a six cadet standing at the top of the stairs, looking around at your impressively built stone theater. They are all dressed in poorly made cloth, but each have a leather chest piece with a Crimson Command emblem adorned on their left chest. They carry an assortment of weapons from spears to swords, and of course, bows. Finch! Doris, my old friend, how are you? How are you? This theater, it looks great, man. It looks great. Ah, I'm well. Thanks for asking. Yes, welcome to the Doris Fabe Groman Kyle Memorial Performance Art Theater. Oh, men, men, this is the Doris Fabe Groman Kyle, by the way. The cadets are still at the top and they go, Ah, hey, <laughs> uh, yes, these must be your men. Yes, yes, they're, uh, they're, they're doing okay. They're, they're, uh, I think we're ready to handle anything that could go down here. Um, I see that you're also on two legs. Congratulations. Oh, yes. Uh, this is a recent development. Um, I still keep the wheelchair around. Did I ever get a wheelchair? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I still keep the wheelchair around because, you know, why not? Yeah, maybe you could use it in one of your performances. Maybe. I don't know if the world's ready for that. Hmm. It's such a personal story, you know. Of course, of course. I hope your men are ready for opening night because I will not have any rough housing in this Difka Kempa. Do you hear that, men? There will be no sort of rough housing other than what is on the stage and planned by Dor. This is true. Hi. Yes, yes. We will uh we'll we'll do some preliminary patrolling of your area. We'll check all the entrances and exits, uh see if there are any weak points and uh we will station ourselves accordingly. Whatever any of that means, yes. Please do that. Okay, and uh well isn't it always an uncomfortable subject to broach, but Speak your mind. Um, what kind of payment were we thinking? Excuse me? You know me. I can eat a good berry. Once a day, every day, and be fine. But I have six other mouths to feed now. What kind of payment were you asking? Um, well, if you could... Well, I, we, could, we could work out a deal, maybe, um, for some coin or for a coin with a little bit of meal included for my men. Paint me a picture here. You're talking in very general terms right now. Tell me what... Tell me the area that you're, ex- you're expecting of me here. Well, again, I, I'm not, I'm not thinking anything too much. We're we're, we're trying to teach them uh, lessons along the way, anyways. But I'm thinking maybe somewhere around two gold a man, and then if you got some extra grub, we'll take that too. Hmm, that sounds fair. All right, two gold a man for I don't know a month well, of for protection. The, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, Dorothy. We were thinking per day. Per day. Well, that's two gold. You can't ex- for e- each day. You expect a man to live on two gold for a month? What do they eat? <laughs> well, they would like to buy something for two gold. Ugh. Fine. The peace in this sanctuary is worth. This priceless, really. So you'll get your two gold a day. And you will get your piece. Thank you. Well, please, enjoy the festivities. And I'll motion towards the construction and shit that's going on. Uh, Well, as much as we appreciate that, thank you, Doroth, but we're going to have to be on our way. I've still got some things to teach these boys before the sun goes down. Well, that's fine, too. I guess I'll see you later. We'll see you in a day or two. With your money. We appreciate it. Doroth. You watch as Finch walks back up the stairs to his cadets. You take a look at the seven cadets and some start to walk out the exit slowly, waiting for Finch to catch up. But one stays, staring at you from above. You feel a slight unease as his stagnant face turns to a sharp grin as Finch passes him. Then a flash of light fills your eyes and this man turns instantly into one of the cloaked figures that attacked Gamora. Horns and a tail slowly grow from the man's head and rear. He then squats down, tilts his head curiously, and then another flash of light blinds you. You rub your eyes and look up where he was again, but no one is there. What? What the fuck? Your performers are on stage practicing a song. Finch has left the building. You're all by yourself as this, as you exclaim this out loud. Did anyone hear me? No. Okay. Then I'll just rub my eyes again. Okay. And just go back to my script. Okay. Uh, Give me a wisdom check. 16. 
You remember that when Finch first arrived, and as he talked, he said he had six cadets with him. This was a seventh. Hmm. I'm going to get up and go look out the exit okay. that they, they left out of. You climb up the stairs, and uh, you look off towards the entrance where they're exiting, and you see that Finch and his six cadets are walking out the gate about 100 feet away. Who the fuck was that? I'm going to turn back. He just disappeared. Just yeah. in thin air. Well, he there was a flash of light, and he turned into one of the black cloak creatures from yeah. uh, mm. Gamor, and then he slowly turned into a Tifling? Okay. But after that... And then after he that, just, he just disappeared. Okay. Almost like he just doesn't exist anymore. Well, okay. My mentality is I'm not going to outwardly freak out about it. Okay. Like, tell other people that I saw this, but it... I'm not, like, brushing it off like that didn't happen. Sure. Okay. I will go back inside and go back to my script, but this has distracted me. All right. Finch, as you are leaving the stadium with your six cadets, you cross over the bridge of heroes towards your guild hall on the riverbank. The building you had constructed is designed to look like a hunting lodge. A dock juts out into the cold, icy river for the fishing you do. But you also had a three-story lookout post constructed. This gives you a clear view of what is happening on the bridge of heroes, outside the walls of New Calia, and a good look at the walled city of Yen near the bridge of heroes. Your cadets are with your combat instructor, and they begin to train on some wooden dummies y'all built. And you climb up to the lookout. You watch the horizon and briefly run through memories mentally. You wonder how your father is doing with his new shop in Gamor. You think back to your bullywug friends in River's End and hope they are living a peaceful life. You recollect on your last mission with Bryn, Rokar, and your mission leader Grant. You're so thankful that the four of you were able to survive and graduate from Crimson Command's training. Then something catches your eye on the bridge, just about a hundred yards away. A man swipes a pack from a citizen walking into Yen. This thief is darting across the bridge towards New Calia. If I'm up three stories, I probably can't get down in two of them quick enough, huh? New Calia, just so you know, is uh, the Rodanian side city. There's a walled city on the Rodanian side of the river. Mm-hmm. And that's, they called it New Calia, Calia being the capital city of Rodana outside of the darkness. You have a chance, but it's also only 300 feet away. Like for him to get to the wall? And where are my people? They're down there, huh? Yeah, they're just below you, like at the bottom of the lookout, like hitting some wooden dummies with swords and spears and stuff. Oh, maybe I'll try and holler out to one of the cadets. Okay. Um, Is there one of the six, or I mean, I guess maybe one of the four who are untrained that I have started to like see promise in? A dwarf? Okay. But... He doesn't have the legs to catch up, probably. Okay. <laughs> um, Has he a bow? Sure. I just, it seems a little intense to just like shoot someone for taking a bag and running. <laughs> hey, fuck you. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> You're cool. Um, well, you choose to live that life, dude. You know, well, you got a rowboat. You can get across the river from where you're at and then maybe meet him. 
So this is a huge river. This isn't like an easy thing to cross. Correct. Either. Yeah, it's also icy. Like it's frigid cold. Fuck it, dude. I'll take the shot. Okay. It's a 13, but with mine plus nine, that would be a 22. 22's a hit. The arrow flies true, hitting the bandit in the ankle, making him trip and fall to the ground. You climb down from your lookout post to go examine this man. Much like Doroth and Finch, Asher and Keth, you have been hard at work settling into the new land. After recovering from your physical ailments pretty quickly, the two of you went out into the land of Yin to see what life was like here for the populace. You found the south side of the river to be quite pleasant and peaceful. Several villages are spread throughout the land, but Keth, what really caught your eye in Yin was the housing surrounding Lake Vias. These elegant manors were lakeside homes and the nobles of Yin mostly lived in this area. On the north side of the river was the land taken by Rodanians centuries ago when they became trapped here after that cataclysmic event of darkness taking over Mithron. The two of you walked the streets of Neucalia, named after the capital city of Rodana, and found the building's environment even more elegant than that of Lake Vias. But something slowly became more and more apparent to you as you visited shop after shop and inn after inn. These Rodanians practiced slavery. Each nobleman of Rodana seemed to have one or two slaves following them around as servants. Though dressed well and seemed to be treated fairly, when a slave completed their work, shackles were buckled to their ankles and wrists during times of rest. This angered the two of you, and when crossing the Bridge of Heroes back into Yin, you started to design a plan of action to free the slaves. The two of you found a place within Yin to sell your Iridarium bar and oars, and then set out to make moves with your new objective. But on this night here in Yin, Keth, only one thing is on your mind. Partying. Yeah, so the story, the, the, the song that I was telling you, Dorth never sings it for me. I told him he's got a, uh, he's opening a, a theater soon. I told him this would be a great show to have. It's, it's called Keth the Giant Slayer, and it goes like this. Keth the Giant Slayer. First thing Keth wanted to do after seeing the bridge of heroes between the two sides of this land was to get a statue of himself. And below the bridge is where that happens. A hanging arena drapes from the bridge, and an iron grid makes up the floor of the arena, and you can see the flowing icy river through the grate. This arena helps maintain peace between the Yinians and the Rodanians, as fighters battle in the name of one side. Keth, you declared allegiance to the Yinians, and after challenging the Rodanian champion twice, you yourself has become the arena champion. And tonight, you are celebrating. Everybody! Keth the Giant Slayer! Yeah, it's me! Keth the Giant Slayer! He's Keth the Giant Slayer! Yeah! As you finish your song, Keth, one of Astra's students from the school approaches you. She's a very young child. Mr. Keth! Mr. Keth! I need you real quick! What, what, what is it, little one? She pulls on you to whisper into your ear. Something's happening in the cellar. What, what do you mean? What's happening? You, you might need to go check it out. Oh, okay. I, I hear some noises down there. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll look around the room. Uh, do I see Astra? No, right. she's not out. She's not in the party at this time. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll go check out the cellar. Okay. The little girl takes hold of your hand and like leads you into the kitchen. You go into the kitchen and all the caterers are busy prepping food for your guest. You walk over to the cellar door, which is wide open. You look down the stairs and it's dark below. 
You slowly creep down the stairs using your dark vision to look around. You step off the stairs and stay quiet, listening intently. And then you are blinded by a bright light temporarily. You hear a battle cry, but the light has disoriented you. Give me initiative. You see a fighter in breastplate and a hooded cowl tries to strike you with a staff. Astra, it's your turn. Oh, shit. Wait, what? Y'all fighting. Why are we fighting? Hit him. What am I doing? He's going to hit you. Hit Do him. Do I need to roll initiative? Hit him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't need to. I rolled it for you. Kick his ass, Astra. <laughs> so give me an attack with your staff. Oh, God. Okay. Thank God it's just my staff. Um, Five plus four. Asher, your staff hits Keth right in his upper back, but it doesn't seem to do any sort of like damage to him. He just kind of takes the hit and then just slowly turns his head and looks at you. Keth, your turn. All right, I'll try to uh, I'll try to grapple her and like throw her on the ground. All right, give me a uh, athletics check and an acrobatics check for you, Astro. Probably whichever one's higher, athletics or acrobatics. Acrobatics. Seven. Thirteen. Asher, he tries to take hold of you, but you just slip out of his hands and you prep for another attack. You taught me to try the surprise attack, so here it is. And then it's your turn, Astra. Fireball! Kill him. <laughs> Pocket sand. Yes. Pocket sand. Gust of wind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is going to be a strange... Wait, is the kid near us? No. Okay, no. she didn't come down the stairs. No. Okay, just wait. Sure. Uh, it's a strength save against her spell DC. 12. Keth, as you prep yourself to give her a swift punch as she's ready to strike with your staff, she takes one hand off her staff and this huge gust of wind just pushes out from her. It throws you 10 feet back into the wall of the cellar and you just like barrel through a bunch of wooden debris and then you look down and you see like a, a wooden like stick basically from the debris you just demolished. Take a... Take three damage from the force. Is it, uh, I guess it's still like concentrated on me? Yeah. All right. Uh, so, all right, so I'll grab the, the stick. Sure. And say, well, it's, it's going to take more than a little stick and a magic spell to hurt me. All right, so I'll uh, I'll go up to her and I'll try to, uh, I don't know, smack her in the leg. I'm trying okay. to trip her with the, with the stick. 20, 24. 24 is a hit. Uh, it'd probably be D4 plus strength modifier damage. Four. You take four damage, Astra. Do y'all not think y'all are fighting right now? <laughs> y'all fighting. Astra, your turn. While bonus actioning and keeping my concentration on my gusts of wind, I am going to shoot a ray of frost. All right. Uh, give that spell attack. Crit. Mm. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. And guess what, y'all? We have a new crit chart. Hey. hey. Well, we got the same wild magic chart. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, roll a d100. Me? Yep. Wild magic. Zero. That's 100. You gain all expended sorcery points. God damn it. You feel energized, Astra, as you shoot this ray of frost. You feel the power surging through you. Now give me an ex like a a natural d20 roll. 
Wait, me? Yep, for the crit chart. 14. It's a normal critical plus another cantrip. So go ahead and is there a cantrip you want to do? A shocking grasp. Yep. <laughs> is, that a, is that a cantrip? <laughs> it's a cantrip. <laughs> Melee, 2d8. Yeah. It's going to be a spell doing attack again. Plus of wind. 14. 14's a miss. So let's give me the damage for the Ray of Frost, which is going to be 3d8 total. 6 plus 7 plus 6. Keth, you take 19 frost damage, and then your movement speed is reduced by 10 feet. So, Keth, it's your turn, and because you're starting your turn in the gust of wind, you have to make a strength saving throw against the gust of wind. 25. 25 makes it. You uh, stay still in right next to Astra, and you are prepped to swing. Ugh. All right, Astra, no more Mr. Knife, Keth. And I'll uh, bear my crocodile, my uh, turkadal fangs. Because one thing that I want to have worked on over the course of the three three months, okay, is controlling my rage. Okay. And uh, I'll uh, I'll swing at her. Fifteen. My AC is sixteen. All right, Kath, you miss. And I'll swing again. All right. It's a twelve. And you miss again. As you, you're dipping and diving as you're just pushing all this gust against Keth, keeping him at bay. And I'm just chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll get you a little doggy too. <laughs> <laughs> Not the doggy. Uh, Astra, it's your turn. Um, Are either of you at half yet? Half what? Half health. <laughs> 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 Well, that's going to be the trigger point to end the combat whenever somebody's a half. Um, okay, so we're we're going for half health then? Like, this needs to end? Killed his not, dude. Not half health in one hit. Half health, like... To- total. Once, total. Once one of us reaches half health, we lose. The fight is over. Okay, do I need... Because you're sparring. I, I should be um, checking off things that I'm doing. Huh? And using your life force. Oh, yeah, that too. Oh, yeah. Okay, and I've only done Gust of Wind. Does that count every time I keep concentrating? No. Okay. Just the initial action. <laughs> How crazy is it that we forget about life force when that's like the thing we're here to do? <laughs> <laughs> How tall is this? We're in the cellar? Yeah, you're in the cellar. So it's like a, an eight foot roof. So you're like, Kath, you're like really close to the top of okay. it. Okay. I'll do a chromatic orb. All right. Thunder. Uh, I do hate thunder spells. So. <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, Eleven. Eleven's a miss. You take a chromatic orb and like pulse a lightning bolt in your hand, and then you just throw it out into a wave of thunder. And Keth, you easily dodge this ball of thunder. I'm waiting on one of y'all to accuse the other of holding back. It ain't her holding back. <laughs> <laughs> and you already said no more, Mister Nice Keth. Yeah. Yep. All right, I'll uh, I'll try to grapple her again. All right. I have advantage now that I'm enraged Ooh. in my Tarkadal Turkadal form. Twenty-four. 18. So because he's grappling you, I think that would break concentration, even though it doesn't say it here. So give me a constitution saving throw. Crit miss. All right. Your gust of wind dissipates as he grapples you. Astra. I will say, um, how are you going to cast spells if you can't move your arms? Okay. Are any of my (laughs) spells strictly somatic? Is that or verbal? I have no clue, but probably not. It, what is Mage Hand? <laughs> <laughs> but what is Mage Hand really? 
verbal and somatic. Somatic being hand gestures? Yes. Okay. Um, You're going to have to break free. Could or I do touch another attack. concentration spell? What? Uh, touch spell. Oh, shocking grasp. But is that not somatic as well? I don't know. But if I'm like grappling her, I would think she would be able to move her hands and touch me in some way to shock me. Verbal somatic. Yeah, I'll say you can do shocking grasp. Okay. I'm going to do shocking grasp. Ten. Ten's a miss. You can't get your hands to move enough to cast the spell. And you try to take hold with the with the power of lightning, and you just can't seem to summon it. Keth, your turn. All right, I'm gonna lift her up in the air, and it probably hit her head on the the roof, and then uh, slam her into onto the ground. All right. Uh, what is this, dude? It's a body slam. I guess it's <laughs> athletics versus acrobatics again. Yeah. Okay. I think that would work. You can turn into a hurricane rana. Acrobatics check. And I do have an advantage. 18. Eight. All right, Kath, you pick her up and you hit her head on the ceiling and then you slam her down to the ground on her back. Uh, do a D6 plus four damage or plus whatever your strength modifier is damage. Five. Okay, so I'm prone on the ground at the bot- at, at Kath's feet. With a broken freaking neck. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to toughen you up somehow. I cast Inflict Wounds. Damn. <laughs> Straight up give me like sores, <laughs> festering like wounds and shit. And that is necrotic damage. Mm. All right, give us the spell attack. It's going to be a melee spell attack. 13. You try to take hold of his legs from the ground and you uh, just can't take, you just can't reach him. He jumps back and you feel the, the necrotic damage build up in your fingertips. So you just wasted the spell. Kath, your turn. I'm going to kick her in the gut. All right. And she's she's still prone? Yeah. Uh nineteen. Nineteen is a hit. What if one of the kids like came down here to get something? <laughs> <laughs> just sees this big half orc just kicking their teacher in the gut. Got seven. But then I'm gonna kick her again. <laughs> and uh the second one's a ten. That's a mess. So seven damage, Astra. Them size sixteens coming at you. <laughs> Me. Yep. Am I still on the floor? I'm assuming. Yep. He's just kicking you. I cast sacred flame. Yes. All right. Spell attack. End it. Um, that is an eight. That's a miss. I'm just trying to do all these cool new things that I can do. Wait, sacred flame. I don't think it's a spell attack. Mm-mm. No. It's a save, right? Oh no. Uh, yes, a deck save. Keth, give us a deck save for hey. the sacred flame. Ten. Ten's a miss. Ha. So. What you, happens? <laughs> you uh, hit him with the sacred flame. Now you do the damage for the sacred flame. Oh. Do I? He did not save against it. Is it just a shot? Dude, it's the spell you just cast. 2d8. I didn't write down all the details yet. Like, you gotta. I know it's 2d8, but what is the sacred flame? Can't I want to know what happens. You can't be Radi- pulling the radiant, triggers. Right? Flame-like radiance descends down upon a creature. Two. <laughs> that is two damage. Uh, Flames pour down from the roof, Kath. You think it's like sparks from the kitchen maybe above, but then it's like a sunlight seems to kind of follow the trail of flames. And you dodge a little bit out of the way, but you take two damage. Oh, that's a new one. And then I'll uh, try to pick her up and then just throw her across the room. <laughs> All right. So give me a grab or athletics versus acrobatics again. 14. 
18. All right. He picks you up and he puts you on your feet and he preps to throw you across the room, but you easily just kind of shake off his hands and then you prep yourself for another attack. Fireball. <laughs> Burn this mother down. Wait, I don't want to do that. No, nope, you're cellar. training. So let's do it. <laughs> do I want to do that in a cellar, Dave? <laughs> to blow up our whole mansion? Yeah. After we just built it? Probably not a fireball. I've got gust of wind. That's fine. I'll just put it out. Um, I will do a two-handed staff attack. All right. 14. 14's a miss. You take your staff and you just do like this big swipe across the room with it, and he dodges it. Give me that! And I'm going to try to snatch the staff out of her hand. <laughs> right. how, how does that work? I have no clue. <laughs> it's disarm. Be disarm. So I just did a, a general search on Google, and it says the closest thing to a general rule that I can see is the, is the sidebar in the section on grappling, shoving a creature, basic rules, page 74. Uh, the attacker makes uh, an attack roll contested by the target's strength or dexterity. Athletic or acrobatic. So it's pretty much like a grapple. So what it it's a melee. It's the attack with the weapon. No, whoever's disarming makes an attack roll, and it's opposed by uh, an athletics or an acrobatics. Okay. So yeah, you'll make an... So Keth, give me a attack roll, like a melee attack roll to grab it. And then Astra, give me a acrobatics or athletics check. 18. Seven. You take hold of the staff and yank it out of her hand. Yeah. Your turn, Astra. I cast Chromatic Orb. All right. And I use a sorcery point to do Twin Spell. And that Chromatic Orb is Ice. All right. So first, give me the attack roll for the Chromatic Orb. 20. All right. That's a hit, Astra. So give us the damage for Chromatic Orb twice. 10. All right. 11. So 21 total? Mm Mm-hmm. So 21 damage, Keth, goes to you. It's a uh, a ball of frost hits you square in the chest. And as you're being like thrust back from the force, give me a wild magic roll, Astra, for the sorcery point. 18. Wait, that's it's a d20. Yeah, d100. Yeah, no, yeah. Just kidding. Sorry. Damn, that's a good one. <laughs> you grow a long beard made of feathers. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Seven, 70? 70. Each creature within 30 feet of you becomes invisible for the next minute. Oh, shit. The invisibility <laughs> ends on a creature when it attacks or casts a spell. So I just hit Kev real hard, and then he just fucking disappeared. And within 30 feet, so probably all the people upstairs. The entire too. kitchen staff just went invisible. <laughs> you hear yelling from above. As people are just completely confused at why they just went invisible, and Astra, you're by yourself in the cellar now. I'm uh, I'm way over half health at this point. Oh, you're way over half health. Yeah. Okay. Can so, I react um, to this or? Kath, you're on your back, invisible. Yeah. Uh, what What did you do? Kath, what happened? Did I kill you? Are you dead? Is Are you a ghost? What no, happened? No, I'm, I'm still here. What What did you do? Why was Why are people yelling upstairs? Uh, I I don't know. Let me go check. I'm going to run, hopefully not um, stepping on him. As you start to run up the stairs, you hear, whoa, whoa, whoa. Give me a uh, dexterity save. See, I can't see her dice, but I can see her face. (laughs) Um, 20. 20? All right. You stop yourself on the stairs, and you kind of just stand there for a second. And then you hear, Miss Astra, Miss Astra, we were just watching, but we can't see you. We We can't see each other. We only see you. 
What? And then, uh, like, you wait for a couple, like, a 30 seconds completely confused. And, Keth, you uh, pop back out of invisibility. And then you see all these, like, kids on the stairs just, like, looking at you as y'all as they were watching you fight. I'll, uh, I'll clap my hand on Astra's back and say, very well done. I'm just going to jump at the fact that they all disappeared and the fact that he just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. Was that, was that, that was crazy. Insane. Your win was oh so bad. I saw. He, he was, was kicking move. you. Oh, yeah. I kind of knocked him out, guys, huh? You, uh... Thought I was I was falling behind, but uh, very impressive, very impressive. I see you've learned well. <laughs> well, you taught me, so yeah, you learn from the best. When you head back upstairs, the two of you head to the second floor, away from the party on the first floor. The two of you go to the end of the hall to a balcony door. Your rooms are on opposite sides of this hallway. You sit down on some rocking chairs and gaze out into the moonlight. So, do you think they learned anything today? Well, I think they learned how to be sneaky. <laughs> Well, I mean, if only I hadn't knocked you down, you know, you could have got one up on me after you uh, went away, disappeared. Yeah, I could have, but didn't seem right. Plus, it sounded pretty chaotic upstairs. I guess everybody disappeared for a second. What was that? Um, I mean... Is that, is that a new spell you learned? No, I, I think that just happens sometimes when, um, I don't know, I, I kind of... Honed into my force a little bit too much, and when I did the two spells at the same time, and I think that caused something weird to happen. Oh, so kind of like that time you were speaking in bubbles. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a weird day. That was a weird day. How do you think the guys are? I don't know. I haven't seen them in a while. Would we know where to find them? No, not really, especially Felomir. Yeah, he's on the Rodana side, right? He kind of goes in between both. There's a library on the Indian side as well. Um, but he mostly, like the Rodanian side, the archives are so vast that he gets to spend a lot of time over there. Do we know that Doroth was building the... Yeah. Well, uh, maybe maybe everybody will be at Doroth's uh, premiere show. Yeah, I bet they will. It'll be nice to see everyone, get everyone together again. Maybe we'll show up early, see if we can flag him down, all sit together or something. I'll, uh, I'll bring the old Vappy Pan Winkle. We'll have a few celebratory drinks. Yeah. How much of that is left? <laughs> like half a bottle? We'll say half a bottle, <laughs> okay. yeah. The balcony door opens up behind you. Another student stands at the door waiting. Miss Astra, someone's at the front door for you. Uh, okay. I'll be right there. The little girl then runs down the hallway and down the stairs. To the same little girl? No, a different one. Okay. I just don't have a different little girl voice. Are we still having a party? Yeah. Maybe maybe it's just another party guest. Okay. Well, I'll go see who it is. I'll be back, I guess. All right. As Astra leaves, Keth, you look out across the lake. The moon is dancing in the reflection of the water as ducks splash around and play to the side. As much as you love to fight, you have grown to love the relaxation. It's a good break from what your companions think is an inevitable doom lingering on the horizon. But tonight, your suspicions begin to grow again. You watch as the silhouette of a man walks up to the lake, roughly 200 yards away on the other side of the lake. He stands at the water's edge briefly, and then he takes a jug of some sort and pours a liquid glowing a neon green into the lake. He then walks quickly away. I guess the first thing that I would do is just kind of stand up and walk over to the ledge of the balcony and just 
try to see better. Okay. And then once he walks away from distance, then I'll go back inside and search for Astra. Okay. So after waiting a while, you see him kind of disappear into, like, in between buildings, homes. And then you turn to the balcony door and go back inside to the hallway to try and find Astra to talk to her about it. Uh, the liquid, did it kind of spread and, and dissipate through the water? Or is it still kind of glowing as I walked away? It kind of is almost like it sank. Like, went straight to the bottom. Okay. Astra, as you approach the door, you see two figures standing on the porch behind the stained glass of your door's window. As you open the door, you see Ovid Lars' decaying face hidden beneath his cloak. It looks worse than you remember. And then to the left of him, you see a small woman facing away from the door. She turns and looks at you with a soft smile and says, Astra, we need to talk. You look behind you, 50 feet away. You see a middle-aged man standing and looking directly at you. He begins to walk towards you, Felomir. Where am I? What happened to the scriptorium? I assume you received my design. I walk towards him as well. You walk towards him and meet him, and he says, You've been seeking power and knowledge from me since I tested you with your friend's death. Have you already forgotten his discovery with the white orb so soon? What are you, what are you talking about? He died. Who died? Your friend, trying to find me. He sacrificed himself to me. That was supposed to push you closer to me. Uh, I, I'm not sure who you're referring to. Your friend, Aaron. Aaron. You've forgotten. I, just, just momentarily. What do you mean, closer to you? White orb? You don't know who I am? I can't say that I do. I assumed my presence would make my seekers aware. What is it you're searching for? Is it still the arcane well? Oh, I think so. Honestly, I don't know anymore. Well, your hunt for the arcane well is yours to bear. But know that every decision you have made, and every decision you choose to make in the future, has the potential to cause more deaths to the people around you. They are your sacrifices to me, and my guardians. And they do not go unrecognized. So, so that means that you are... I am. I am the creator, of course. The one you refer to as the Great Old One. I brought balance to this world 724 years ago. I am Remora. Goosebumps. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Is this thing on? Can you hear me? Okay, listen. There's some ways to get in contact with us, all right? First, on Twitter, at 4Orbs. Then on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash 4Orbs. Then we have a subreddit on Reddit, at reddit.com slash r slash 4Orbs. And Instagram, my personal favorite, at 4Orbs. And we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash four orbs. See you there, companions. Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Landry. We're the hosts of You Simply Must. You Simply Must? What's that? 
It's a comedy podcast all about sharing things that we love with each other and sometimes with the guest. TV shows, food, games, movies, whatever. That's right. Think of it as Oprah's favorite things, but weekly and with more segments specifically designed to gaslight the other person. We release new episodes every Wednesday. You can find the show on iTunes or at yousimplymustpodcast.com. Hey, person hearing this ad, have you ever listened to our show? No. You simply must! Yeah, so the story, the, the the song that I was telling you, Dorth never sings it for me. I told him he's got a uh, he's opening a, a theater soon. I told him this would be a great show to have. It's it's called Keth the Giant Slayer, and it goes like this: Keth the Giant Slayer, he's Keth the Giant Slayer, he's Keth the Giant Slayer, he's Keth the Giant Slayer. There once was a orc named Rooknock. He was so brave and strong. He fought in the arena. He battled all day long. And then one day, a giant broke free and burnt up half the town. Until Keth stepped in and fought that giant and brought that fucker down. Oh, he's Keth the Giant Slayer. Everybody, Keth the Giant Slayer. Yeah, that's me. Keth the Giant Slayer. He's Keth the Giant Slayer. Yeah. Naivety? Na- naivety? Na- naivete. Naivete? What? No. Don't what? Ryan. Naivety. <laughs> I've, na- heard it, I've heard it said like that. <laughs> yeah. Is it from, naive? From Ryan? <laughs> no, it's a thing. Naivete. Naivete. No. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you can pronounce it both ways. I've heard it. I've definitely heard it pronounced How should ways. I say it for the most common, like... I will, I will say I have never heard naivety. Yeah. Same. Can we Google it real quick? Yeah, just how to pronounce naivete. He gives you the little <laughs> speaker. <laughs> the bias. Naivety. Tay. Naivety. Naivety. See, she's not naivety. She's not sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. Naivety. Do you or do you? Naivety. The naivety. question you should really be asking is do you want to be sophisticated or not? Naivety. Right. Am I saying it right? Naivety. No. Well, <laughs> who are you asking? <laughs> Whoever what are, will what say. What are you trying to say, Dave? I'm going to end up saying the word naivety. Na- na- naivety. Naivety. I think if you say naivety like that, it'll be fine. Yeah. If you're that worried about it, just figure out a way to say the word naive instead. What was the other one? Hex- 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 hexagonal? Hexagonal. That was the other one that people <laughs> freaked out about. What? what? You mean, he- you mean hexagonal? <laughs> oh, hex- yeah. Hexagonal. That's hexagonal. It. Hexagonal. It's hexagonal. (laughs) Naivety. Cool. Like pentagonal. I thought it was octagonal. Yeah. Was it octagonal? Octagonal. It was in Salamandal's tomb or whatever. Octagonal. (laughs) (laughs) Please. So, such naivety. Yeah, how naivety. Please en- enjoy the festivities. All right. So long, Dorth. We'll see you in a couple of days. Expect <laughs> <laughs> him like a no thank you. We're gonna, we're gonna... Maybe like a no thank you. We should get back to training. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I think, I think he's talking about future festivities. No festivities nah. going on right now. People are doing construction in here. That was like a, that was like a sarcastic, like a, <laughs> like all I have to offer you is this. It's it's been three months. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's try this one more time.